invite you to stand together as we share in the reading of uh, God's Word. This morning we're looking at uh, John's Gospel, the 15th chapter, verses 4 through 6. And I'd encourage you, if you have your Bibles, to go ahead and keep open to those passages as we uh, continue to explore those together. Also, uh, there is an outline available in your bulletin this morning that uh, we hope you'll find helpful. Let's join together. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered thrown into the fire, and burned. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, we've been looking together the last few Sundays uh, in a series of, under the heading Prevail. Uh, we've been looking at things that do their best to interfere with, complicate, lure us away from a meaningful relationship with God. Uh, we've looked at several. This morning, we're going to look at the last and remind ourselves that even with this one, uh, we are more than conquerors. We can prevail. Nothing, the Word of God tells us, can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus as much as they might try. This morning, the last of the ones we're going to look at that tries to lure us away from God is what I'm going to call spiritual neglect. Spiritual neglect. It's probably one of the most effective and most subtle of any of the ones we've talked about so far. And here's the bottom line. If you and I neglect our spiritual life, we fail to nurture and cultivate our walk with God, that neglect, over time, if given enough opportunity, can succeed in blurring, if not completely destroying, our spiritual life, and a meaningful relationship with God. I saw the other day that a recent Harris poll revealed that 60% of you, and I'll include myself in that, 60% of us, when that little check engine light shows up on the console of our car, Neglect to do anything about it for about three months. We just ignore it. There are all kinds of reasons given for that. Some people said, well, I'm just too busy to deal with it, or I don't want an expensive repair, or to be honest, I just keep forgetting to do anything about it. If you neglect the check engine light long enough, there's a high probability that there's going to be some kind of problem because that light is there to warn you of something that needs attention. Just think about how neglect in pretty much every area of our life has negative consequences. If you neglect to take care of your house, guess what's going to happen? Only a matter of time before your, the, the, the weeds are going to grow up and take over your front lawn, Boards and sidings of your house, window frames are going to start rotting because they don't have any fresh paint on them. 
Maybe there's a leak in your roof. You hadn't bothered to get a new roof. That water is going to do some serious damage over time if you neglect your house. What's going to happen if you neglect your body? You don't eat nutritionally. You don't take care of your body. You don't eat right. You don't exercise. You don't heed warnings that your body gives you that there might be a problem. What's going to happen if you neglect your body? Chances are there's going to be some serious consequences down the road. What's going to happen if you neglect your children, those of you who have children? If you neglect your children, they're going to grow up in some situations that are going to be very dangerous for them, very precarious. You might even be arrested for child, what? Neglect. What's going to happen happen if you uh, neglect your marriage? If you neglect your relationship with your spouse, don't be surprised if your marriage falls apart. Think about what's going to happen when you, if you neglect your responsibilities at work. If you neglect those responsibilities long enough, chances are you're not going to have a job much longer. They're neg- if you think about any area of our life that's important, if it's neglected, there's usually some problems down the pike. That is no truer anywhere else than in the spiritual life. Listen, you may be fully engaged with God. You may, have, you may have had a relationship with Jesus Christ that's blossoming. You may be living out God's purpose for your life, and you might be having everyday experience of deep meaning and profound joy because of your walk with God. But the minute you start neglecting your spiritual life, you stop praying, you stop worshiping, You stop hanging out with your Christian friends. You no longer uh, develop a personal prayer life. You stop serving in the church. You stop volunteering to serve God in the community. When you start neglecting the spiritual life, that spiritual life over time is going to grow dead or is going to result in a relationship with God that is far meaningful and significant. It may take longer than the other culprits we've been talking about, but spiritual neglect has the capacity to succeed in pulling us, drawing us away from our walk with God. This town, this church, is filled with people who used to have a vibrant experience with God and their spiritual life was blossoming, but due to neglect, that's been taken away. And there may be some of us this morning for whom neglect is seeking to do the same thing in us. Jesus knew the power, the negative power, the devastating power of neglect of the spiritual life. And so, he gave us some great advice. It's very simple advice, and yet it's very, very important. He instructs us to abide in him. We read that just a moment ago. Look what he says. Abide in me, and I will abide in you. Now, this morning, I want you to think about what it means to abide in Jesus. I want to suggest a couple things. 
The first is rather obvious, and you've probably already figured it out. The second might not be nearly as obvious, but it's just as important. What's it mean to abide in Christ? First of all, it means to be connected to Christ. To be connected to Christ. That's really the, the, the meaning of this example that he gives right here. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. The branches, if they're severed from the vine... They can't live. There's no life flowing through them. Branches can't produce fruit if they're severed from the vine. So abide here, very simply, it means that we, want, we are to be connected to Christ. Becky and I came home the other day from being out of town, and uh, a large pine tree had fallen uh, from the backyard right about two feet from the side of the house. didn't touch the house at all, thank God, but what it did do is it fell right on top of this beautiful large fig tree that's been producing some great figs this summer. The weight of that tree that fell snapped off two of the, the limbs off that fig tree, and another larger limb didn't snap, but it was bent over, and it was trapped underneath the weight of that tree that had fallen. In a day or two, it was pretty predictable what was going to happen. The leaves and the fruit on those limbs that were ripped off the trunk, they began to wither, dry up. They were dead. The leaves on the other branch that was still connected to the vine and yet it was held being trapped underneath the heavier tree, those leaves, they were crushed. They were held back, but they still had life in them. They were still green. And a day or two later, after the tree service came and and cut the, the, the fallen tree and took it away, guess what happened to that limb on that fig tree that was still connected? Even though it had been bent down, it began to rise back up to its original position. And it's a healthy limb today. The difference was... It was connected. Being connected made the difference. This summer, Becky and I went on vacation, and we were staying at a family member's condo, and uh, one of the first things I I did when we got into the the condo was to uh, set up my Wi-Fi. I had gotten the code, and and, because I knew that was going to be important, and I don't know, maybe I shouldn't do this, but whenever I'm off like that, I just like to stay connected to the internet. And so I, I turn my laptop on and I enter the code and, and I wait. And it could, I couldn't find a connection. All I got was that little dial trying to say, I'm searching, I'm searching, I'm searching. And so I walk around to every room of the condo trying to get a connection. Finally, in the back bedroom near a closet was the actual unit. And so when I set my laptop up in that room, I got a connection I was able to get online and do what I needed to do. Let me tell you, our relationship, our faith in God is very much like that. You can know the code. In other words, you can know about God, you can know about Christ. But a spiritual life, a vibrant spiritual life, requires that we be connected to Christ and that that connection be strong. Jesus goes on to say, as the branch cannot... 
bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you provide fruit unless you abide in me. A fruitful life, a fruitful life in the Spirit, is a life in which we're effectively serving God. We're experiencing the joy of that relationship. We are living a a life of of purpose and meaning and value. That's what it means to be fruitful. There's no way that we can live a fruitful spiritual life unless we are connected to the vine, which is Jesus. So how do we stay connected? Well, this isn't rocket science. There are a lot of ways we stay connected. We can stay connected through prayer. The more we talk with God, the more we talk with Christ in prayer. If you've got a good, good friend that moves out of town, how do you stay connected to them? You pick up the phone. You talk to them. You write them. You go see them. Prayer. Worship. We, we come into a place like this, and, and if we truly open our hearts and lives to experience God's presence... God does something in worship that is, that is unique and powerful, and, and we stay connected to God as we engage in worship. Personal devotional life. We stay connected to Christ. When we find times in our, in our own personal lives from day to day to spend time in God's Word, to reflect and meditate on Scripture. Uh, we stay connected when we, uh, throughout the week, listen, listen to music, that, that Christian music that keeps our relationship with Christ at the forefront of our heart and mind. We stay connected by volunteering to serve in, in the church or serve in the community. We stay connected by reading Christian literature that uh, broadens our mind and our understanding to the greatness and the grandeur and the holiness of God. All those together help keep us connected. That's part of what it means to abide. A couple of years ago, I was taking my... 10-year-old grandson at the time uh, tubing down the Tacoa River. It was just he and, he and I. And we, we get set up in the, in the river, and we got two different tubes. I'm in mine, he's in his. And uh, there was a rope that was tied to mine. And so I just took the rope, and I tied it to the handle of his tube so that you know, as we went down the river, we could stay together and be, be safer that way. Uh, we're riding along in the river about five minutes, and, and Landon says, uh, Papa, I don't want to be connected. To your tube. I want to just be on my own. I said, well, okay. So I untied the rope, and uh, he drifted off a little bit, but we were in safe distance to one another. And we were having a good time, but about 10 minutes later, we're, we're going down the river, and we come up on some rapids that he didn't see. And when we hit those rapids, I mean, not, not you know, really deep, but just enough to get your attention, we got to those rapids... They picked that tube up and they spin it around and around and around. And he was a little frightened. After he got back to smooth waters, he looked at me and said, Papa, I think I want to be connected after all. <laughs> you know, we can go through life solo, on our own. But maintaining a spiritual life of vibrance and joy and meaning requires that we're connected to Jesus Christ. That's why he says, abide in me. It means to be connected. Well, but there's more. See, I'd be lying to you 
If I said that was the only aspect of what it means to abide. I'd be lying to you if I said, listen, all you've got to do, you pray, you worship, you volunteer, you have a personal devotional time, you do those things and you will abide in Jesus. There's another component here that we hadn't mentioned yet. And I would venture to say that if I were to ask you a moment ago, uh, what does it mean to abide in Jesus? I think most of y'all instinctively would have said, well, it means to be connected to Jesus. But there's more. See, here it is. To abide also means to be compliant. Compliant. All right, think about this. What are you doing when you abide by the rules of the road? When you get in your car and you drive to the church or drive to the store or drive to work, what are you doing when you abide by the rules? You are complying with the rules of the road. You're not making them up as you go. What are you doing when you abide by the policies of the company where you work? It means you comply with the policies of your company. You're not just making up your own policies. To abide in Christ in a way that sustains the spiritual life is compliant. To abide in Christ is to be compliant to Him. To live a life that complies with God's plan, God's rules, God's principles for how life is to be lived. And here's the thing. Without this, you aren't really abiding in Christ. You see, you can pray, you can worship, you can memorize Scripture, you can volunteer in the community and in the church, but if you're not complying to God's will, if you're not living by God's standards, and what God expects of you, then you aren't abiding. Now, this understanding of of abiding is made clear in verse 10 of this passage where Jesus says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. In other words, to abide means to keep commandments, keep his commands, live by his plan. We see this understanding of abide again. If you look over at 1 John chapter 3, verse 24, you just write this down unless you want, if you, or you try to find it if you want to. Look, at, look it up later. 1 John 3, verse 24. Listen to what it says. The one who keeps his commandments, here's the word, abides in him and he in them. Abiding means being connected, but it equally means being compliant. What's this mean? This means that some of us who think we're abiding in Christ may not actually be. We pray, we worship, but when it comes down to it, maybe we still are making the rules for how our lives are going to be lived. We're determining what is right 
or wrong. And we comply with what we want, or we comply with what the world wants, but do we comply with what God wants? See, a lot of times, people today, we comply to modern culture. We comply to current values. For how life is to be lived. Let me tell you, it's not just folks out there that do that. I'm afraid that in many ways that's become the new standard for many of us in the church. Connecting is the new goal. Complying with Christ, it seems, is often left behind as something that's essential in living the Christian faith. There are a lot of churches that do a great job of inviting people to connect with Christ. But some of those churches are pretty silent when it comes to talking about complying with Christ. I love the way Eugene Peterson talks about what's happened even in the, church, the culture of the church and how we've abandoned this this understanding of the importance of compliance. Listen to what he says. Speaking of the way God wants us to live, he says, the way is plain. Walk in it. Keeping the rules and obeying the commands is, is only common sense. People who are forever breaking the rules, trying other roads, attempting to create their own system of values and truth from scratch, spend most of their time calling up someone to get them out of trouble and help repair the damage, and then ask the silly question, what went wrong? If you go against the grain of the universe, you get splinters. Maybe that's why we have so many splintered churches. Maybe that's why we're a splintered nation. No longer comply to God's plan. Maybe that's why we have so many splintered marriages. Maybe that's why So many of us have splintered lives. We value connection, but we've abandoned compliance. Jesus said, abide in me, and I'll abide in you. The way to avoid neglect of the spiritual life is to abide in Him so that He can abide in you. Are you abiding in Him? With something as important 
as your very life. Why would you do anything but that? Let's pray. In our prayer time, I want to ask you some questions, and I don't, I want you to, if you can, just reply back to God in your heart and in your spirit. How are you today staying connected to Christ? And do you feel that you're properly connected in the way that you need to be? The other side of that, what part of your life, if any, this morning is not compliant? And that lack of compliance, that lack of surrender or obedience to God is interfering with your ability to, to be fruitful in your Christian life? Well, God, I just pray this morning that you will enable every person in this room to experience a deep connection with you through Jesus Christ. And that we will do all that we can to make sure that connection is nurtured and sustained. Lord, I equally pray that every person in this room is living a life or will soon, at your direction, begin living a life surrendered to you and compliant. That decides, you know, instead of following the world, instead of following a secular culture that tells me what's right and what's wrong and how to live my life, I'm going to follow God's Word. Because I know that it is in compliance with His truth that I experience the greatest joy and the greatest life. God, thank You for promising to abide in us when we abide in You. In the name and Spirit of Christ, we pray. Amen.